Hello everyone and welcome to Binder Talkback, a podcast brought to you by the Brussels Binder. My name is Emma Rennie and I am joined here by my fellow BBR, Scarlett Varga. Hi everyone. Um, as you may know, we are very excited today because in the framework of the BB Beyond project, we've just launched our new interactive map. Uh, which will make it easier for you to reach out to women experts uh, in other databases all over Europe. For this episode, we'll be joined by two guests representing two such databases. Thanks, Scarlett. Let's get started and welcome our two guests. So, uh, as I just mentioned, this is a really exciting tool for us that we launched on the 15th of July. It's a brand new tool in the framework of the Brussels Binder Beyond project, which is um, kind of a sideline, a side project to the Brussels Binder. Uh, by making other databases accessible on our website, we are not only creating an online network, but we are looking to widen the scope to access women experts to make public debates indeed more representative, innovative, and diverse. So um, to discuss that, uh, today we have with us Nina uh, from the Women Experts Network and Susanna from the She Experts Network based in Cyprus. Um, Nina, can I maybe turn to you first? Um, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your database initiative? Uh, sure. Um, hello, everyone. Um, and thank you for Emma and Scarlett uh, for having me. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm Nina. I'm one of the co-directors of the Center for Feminist Foreign Policy. We are a research and advocacy organization uh, promoting a feminist approach to foreign policy, and we hope that one day we'll see an intersectional approach to uh, foreign policy adopted globally. Um, and part of our work is obviously the promotion of equal representation. Um, so at the beginning of this year, um, actually at the Munich Security Conference, we've launched the Women's Expert Network. Um, we call it the WOX Network. Um, and it, it is um, a network where you, if you identify as a woman, you can register and you can create a public profile indicating um, information such as your name, position, years of work experience, but also language and facilitation skills, um, and then obviously thematic and geographical um, expertise. And then foreign and security policy decision makers um, can, can easily search this, uh, this database and, and contact women experts. Uh, for example, their next conference or a meeting or a delegation. Um, they can do this without um, registration and obviously for free. Um, and just one thing that I think is very brilliant about our uh, network is that it also allows you to look for experts that bring a feminist perspective to uh, foreign and security policy. So you can uh, click on a little box saying you only want to have experts that bring this expertise um, because we believe obviously it doesn't, st it doesn't stop with equal representation, but we need to also change how we perceive security um, and what kind of policies we promote. Um, and, and also what was very important for our, our database is that we want to encourage everyone to apply um, because we know also the definition of who is an expert is very, is problematic and it's also uh, rooted in our patriarchal system. So even if you have been, for example, a community leader um, in, in I don't know somewhere you're doing local mediation between police and and um, or armed groups and so on, but you haven't studied peace mediation or so, then you're often not considered as an expert. So we want to do change. We want to change this. Um, so this is why we hope that everyone who identifies as a woman and an expert uh, in foreign and security policy registers uh, with Box Network. 
Thanks, Nina. Um, well, I think that there is actually many things uh, very like brilliant about your website and about your work. Um, uh, and now I just mentioned, um, please everyone check out the fresh new uh, crunchy website that, that, that the ladies uh, put together with some help. Um, so Susanna, can I turn to you now, um, maybe with the same question, just to kickstart our conversation. Can you tell us about um, more about yourself and about the initiative? Sure. Uh, so hi everyone. Um, I'm, I'm Susanna Pavlou. I'm the director of the Mediterranean Institute of Gender Studies, uh, which is uh, the leading uh, NGO in Cyprus that works towards gender equality notion of women's rights. Um, it was established in 2001. I've been director of the organization. Um, I started at the organization in 2005 and I've been director since 2008. And, and very similar um, uh, to situation elsewhere, we identified through our work, um, uh, I should say that MIGS works primarily through research, uh, advocacy, training and awareness ra raising uh, in, in, in the region um, uh, in partnership with our other organizations and something that we're, we're very focused on as well is movement building. And uh, through our work uh, over the years, um, we of course um, uh, identify as, as elsewhere that women are fully represented uh, in leadership and management levels in the workplace, uh, but also in, in the political uh, in political um, decision making. That again um, uh, combined uh, our, our different methodologies, which is research. Uh, we did a lot of ad advocacy campaigning around the issue of women's political uh, decision-making, um, uh, training, um, and so uh, at working with political parties. Uh, we've done a lot of work over the years, but unfortunately what we found is we don't, we, have, we haven't had the impact uh, that we, that we uh, aimed for. Um, and, and what we found and what we constantly hear from the political leadership uh, from um, uh, decision-making structures and so on, uh, was that um, we cannot find women. You know, we are, when we speak to the media and when we challenge all male panels um, and, and the, the, uh, um, the exposure only of male experts on different issues, um, when we challenge this, what we hear back is, but where are they? Where are the women? Um, and so we realized that there's all, there was also uh, uh, an issue of visibility of women's expertise and not to say, and this is not to say that there's not laziness on the part of, 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 of both the media, our political leadership, political parties and, and uh, companies and so on. Uh, but there was also an issue of visibility and also women really putting themselves out there uh, in terms of calling themselves experts and selling their expertise. And so the idea came up um, uh, to create uh, um, uh, the She Experts uh, initiative, uh, which very similarly to uh, the Brussels binder and, and uh, the expert database on foreign and security policy, um, it is uh, uh, an initiative that brings uh, um, the aims to enhance the visibility and impact of women in their professional capacity, especially across business, politics, and industry. And, and what we wanted to do was really multiply women's voices on key issues in the national dialogue, uh, and, and through uh, women's representation to combat sexism and bias in media coverage, and of course, increase professional opportunities uh, for women. Um, so the experts uh, initiative, she experts initiatives. 
really wanted to boost uh, the number of, of women in, in public discourse and dialogue, in, uh, increase their visibility, and, um, and very similar to other uh, databases, uh, the database uh, features our experts, uh, women can register, and also uh, users can search uh, for women experts in various fields uh, and searchable uh, by expertise. Mm -hmm. Brilliant, brilliant, Susanna, thank you. Um, actually, you highlighted, I think, one of the main, the key words um, in this discussion and the reason why we are all here, which is under-representation, right? It's under-representation in public discussions. Um, if you were to kind of give your opinion in two, three words or two, three lines, let's say, on why, the main reasons for that, what, what would you highlight? What, what are the reasons? I mean, there, it, it's, it's quite diverse. Uh, yes, um, uh, when we talk about women in decision making, uh, we're talking about uh, sexism and bias uh, uh, in male-dominated um, uh, political and economic structures. Uh, that that uh, sort of put barriers on on women's um, on women's visibility on women's uh, access uh, mm -hmm. to power to leadership to decision making. Um, uh, there's also uh, um, you know women experience many of the same uh, issues and barriers that they experience more generally in the workplace, which is um, uh, issues of work-life balance, uh, women's role, um, uh, that, you know, the double or triple burden, if you like. I usually use the, the, the term triple burden, which is, uh, you know, family life, professional life, but also emotional labor. Uh, we've seen this, and I know we will discuss this a little bit later, but we saw this very much highlighted uh, during uh, um, uh, the COVID-19 uh, crisis and its aftermath. Yeah. Uh, so women experience, uh, you know, uh, uh, unconscious bias, blatant sexism um, uh, on the one hand, but also have very real uh, uh, barriers to, to access um, uh, decision-making and, and professional opportunities um, due to a lack of, of, of of care services, of accessible, affordable child, for example, uh, accessible and affordable child care, and all those other issues that women experience more generally in, in, um, in, in everyday life. Okay, uh, so thank you for answering that, Susanna. I have another question for you. So 2020 was uh, supposed to be a big year for gender equality with 25th anniversary of the Beijing Platform for Action, but you know, as, as you already mentioned, COVID-19 happened, and in many ways we've seen these gender inequalities exacerbated. Can you share some more of the negative effects that you see the crisis of having on women experts? Maybe further elaborate on the triple burden that you mentioned? Uh, there's been a lot of discussion, particularly among women's rights organizations, but more generally on, on the impact of COVID-19 um, on, on gender equality and the general uh, consensus, I would say, is that it has had um, a negative impact and will continue to have a negative impact uh, on women in all sectors of life uh, unless um, uh, gender is not put, the gender equality is not put at the forefront of um, uh, recovery plans. Um, and and so we've seen a crisis on in terms of violence against women. For example, we call it the double pandemic, um, and we saw uh, um, how women have been held back 
because of experiences of domestic abuse and other forms of violence against women that, that reached a crisis point during, uh, during COVID-19 lockdown and the associated restrictions. Uh, we found that women uh, were predominantly in the care sector as health workers, as care workers, were disproportionately affected uh, by, by the crisis. Uh, and then we also have the economic impact of, of the crisis, which is cumulative and which we have yet to see uh, the true dimensions of and, and how that will impact um, uh, uh, both women and men, but women in particular, because uh, as we've seen in previous crises, including the economic crisis um, in 2008 and onwards, that women are disproportionately affected. Um, and uh, I mean, for example, we can see that uh, women have also had to undertake an uh, um, uh, increased care role during the crisis and the accompanying lockdown and restrictions, which will prevent them from accessing uh, um, professional opportunities um, uh, moving forward. Uh, so the COVID-19 has come and, and uh, we feel very strongly that it, it, it uh, and we fear that it will, it will uh, uh, be taking us backwards uh, and we were already experiencing a backlash on women's rights um, uh, previous to the COVID-19 uh, crisis. And, and, it, and we fear that we will fall further backwards um, and, and that we will experience further sort of, um, uh, uh, sort of taking backward steps unless uh, action is not taken and we see, and we finally see gender equality as a solution to the health crisis and the accompanying economic crisis instead of as a problem and something that we need to put as a, a you know, second fate uh, while we deal with other issues. You know, gender equality must come hand in hand with our economic uh, recovery. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's very true. Uh, I think in the wake of the crisis that very multifaceted how this issue is, as you mentioned, you know, violence against women, the triple burden, but we also need gender responsive solutions from our states. Um, Nina, would you like to add anything on this? Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so I think what, what Susanna has just um, nicely outlined is, is the, the various um, impacts that the crisis has on, on women and on gender equality. And I think that is also, when we look at our work uh, for example, the majority, obviously, of the, the databases that um, that we look at are, are women's initiative. They're led by women um, and they're managed by women. And, and I think now in, in this pandemic, this um, this burden is, is reinforced. So there's a greater need for um, women pushing for gender equality, but they are also much more impacted by the crisis, have less resources, less time. Um, and face a lot of economic uh, constraints, and I think that is that is in general in a point that we that one needs to be aware of when we talk about these databases. And Susanna said it in the beginning that um, obviously the underrepresentation of women, or also the overrepresentation of men, is also it's it's part of um, laziness on on people who. Um, are responsible to organize conferences or experts meetings and, and so on. So it's often they, they have little time and they go for those experts that they know and there's no additional effort and in the system there's no room for putting um, in additional um, effort. So 
um, by developing these databases, obviously the the work to to change that is put on those who are already politically marginalized. Um, and it's it's the women who need to work that they are, have the same right to be represented at um, these uh, these conferences or meetings or, or whatever. So, and in a pandemic, obviously we see this as being reinforced. Um, so I'm a big fan of, of women databases, but I think it is important to highlight this this very um, critical balance that we need to to make here. Thank you. That's very very true. Um, do you see any opportunities arising for women expert databases from the pandemic? Um, so I think what what could be um, an advantage or um, in, in the long run is that now a lot of people realize that having digital meetings is is a way um, to to do discussions and and to share information and, and um, in particular I think it could be a chance for women experts who often cannot participate in evening conferences because they have children at home or um, we we don't have as diverse voices as we would like to because we don't want to fly someone in just for one meeting or we can't because we don't have the financial resources so I think there is the people realizing that you can actually do great things online is um, is an advantage and a chance for women's experts but also obviously for women databases because they are the tools um, that people turn to in order to identify um, women experts. Yeah, indeed. Thanks, Nina. Um, and just to continue on this point, let's let's indeed turn to solutions. Let's turn to the positive of all this. And I wanted to a bit pick up the conversation on community in itself and the network. So both of your organizations, um, Susanna and both Nina's organizations, came to visit us in Brussels last year for the BB Beyond workshop, where we launched this network, actually. Um, so Nina, can you tell us what do you think the importance of such meetings and you know, gatherings and networks are uh, like ours in women-led initiatives? Um, sure, so, so I think one of the importances of these meetings is, for me, is, a, is on a personal level. So um, fighting the patriarchy every day with limited resources is training and I'm sure every every woman has felt this across the world or everyone who's actually also fighting against racism or um uh, other inequalities it's it's draining um and so meeting other women um is for me the the, the source for motivation and it also keeps me going so i think it is very very important on a personal level um but also more on a strategic level because um and I've, I've yesterday read this amazing book again by Valerie Hudson and others mm -hmm. it's called um sex and world peace and, and and she highlights how our whole society has been structured around men and how men alliances and networks are part of the patriarchal um society and also that women have been socialized to cater to men and to men networks um so by building and strengthening women's networks we are also challenging patriarchy at its core so i think that is also very important why we need to have these spaces to to make friends to um support each other and also to know uh, what other people are doing so we can also lift each other up um, and um, highlight the work of other women indeed and i think that's what we see very often that the role the you know the importance of role models in all of our lives i think i can speak for all of us here on the call, um, it's very important. So I think that when we meet in these kind of uh, gatherings, in these networks, it's just so rewarding to see women from all backgrounds, all ages, 
who are really caring first about this issue and then can really professionally support each other. And then I think, you know, male allies, and we discussed this a lot in the Brussels Binder meetings as well, male allies are very important. And, um, you know, we need to open the discussion as much as possible. So as you mentioned uh, before in, in, your, in your thoughts, when sharing your thoughts before, um, so more men get involved in, in even, you know, putting these projects together and, you know, disseminating them, talking about them and participating in them. So let me let me then turn to this tool that we that we are have that we have at hand uh, now the repository. Uh, both of your databases were some of the first to sign up, which is great, and we are very happy to have you. Um, so as I mentioned, and as we discussed, we, this is a new interactive map, uh, which is you know essentially the database of databases. We we aim to make it on the European level. Um, Susanna, let me turn now to you again and ask you um, a bit to tell us about why you think this tool is really helpful for you um, and what you see as synergies with your work. Yeah, I mean, this also picks up on, 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 on the last question, is that um, although we work, for example, our network uh, and our initiative is, is a national initiative, uh, so mm -hmm. it's not... Uh, um, we have not yet opened uh, outside Cyprus, and I think, you know, it was very important for us for it to be um, a, a national initiative, so that it could it could be tailored to the particular issues um, um, that are on the political agenda in Cyprus, it could be tailored to women's needs in Cyprus, uh, and so on. But it's so important, you know. We we felt that, um, you know, it, it was really this is something that was very new for us we had never really um worked on anything uh like this before and so for us it was also a risk um uh, because we didn't know how it was going to work out and in fact it continues to be um because we are heavily dependent on on access to to, to funding for it to be a sustainable um uh, initiative so so for example i mean that's one sort of very easy uh, uh, uh answer to the question is that you know by working with other uh, organizations that have similar initiatives, not the exchange information and expertise mm -hmm. in terms of how we can sustain the work that we do, uh, what are, um, um, you know, how can we ex uh, sort of expand um, uh, our outreach, uh, what are the different methods we could use in order to increase the impact of the initiatives that we have. I mean, all, you know, many of us have been working on, 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 on our feminists who have been working on gender equality and women's rights for, for, for many, many years. Um, but I think one of the things that, you know, this is similar to what Nina said, one of the things that where we recharge our batteries, where we, we get our inspiration, where we're, we're, we're motivated is through our, 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 through working with us, with uh, like-minded uh, feminists and organizations uh, across Europe in order for us to um, uh, to amplify our voice, if you like, um, and feel that we're not alone, but also learn from each other um, and, and see how how really we're we're movement building, if you like, and, and for us this is really really important, you know, and, and 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 also we can join forces when there are issues of common concern. Um, we can uh, coordinate our actions. We can have joint initiatives. You know, all of these things are the strengths of having the sort of BB beyond where we have a network of networks or a, a database of databases. Um, uh, it's, it's not enough to, to look at what we're doing in isolation. It's part of a much, much wider 
uh, uh, movement. And I think that's really, really important. Indeed, thank you. So let's hope the future is bright. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my next question is actually quite similar to what some of the things that Susanna picked up on, but maybe you would like to elaborate a little more. What do you think are some of the tangible things our networks and organizations can do to promote women's voices and visibility in public debates and media? Um, I think, firstly, I would say how amazing I think your initiative is and in, in, in building on what Susanna said, I think it is so important uh, to see all our initiatives as um, as reinforcing and also to to fight this logic that then it can only be one database um, this competitive logic that you that you need to be the only one in order to be good um, so so I think it's it's amazing that you're doing this and, and I'm looking forward to see how, also how it develops in the future and um, so in terms of what what I think we could do more or do better is on the one hand, maybe become a bit more radical. Um, I think it starts with the language. So instead of saying uh, underrepresentation of women, I, I think we should say overrepresentation of men uh, because it shifts the, the focus a bit, but also on other aspects. Um, and then I think, secondly, I think we should all become more intersectional and also open, more intersectional and opening up to, to other marginalized, uh, politically marginalized groups. And um, I think that, Specifically, obviously, is um, um, people, uh, women of color, for example, but also the LGBTQI community, and and also when we when we talk about the backlash um, against women's rights, it's also a backlash against the rights of LGBTQI uh, people. And I and I think it is as a feminist, one cannot separate these fights, and 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 seeing how we can incorporate these perspectives into and, and needs also in our databases is, I think, something that that I would like to, to do um, moving forward. I 100% agree with you on everything. <laughs> um, uh, some of the things that we have been exploring with this, uh, with the online repository, this interactive map that we've been developing, is that we have actually invited some more um, divert more like diversity at large these more intersectional databases to join most of them actually are based in america unfortunately but we have invited them regardless to join um so for me it also highlights a need that maybe we need some more of these european sort of uh, like initiatives to cater to like uh you know very pacific communities based in europe as well but um i think it's valid what you said in the sense that you know like the patriarchy, it, it operates in a very holistic sort of uh, intersectional way. You know, we have, uh, like, in my, my opinion, you're more likely to see a white woman on a panel than a black man. You know, this is just, this is just a fact. And, um, you know, so I think we, we need to be more mindful about these sorts of things, especially now that we're in a conversation with uh, Black Lives Matter movement has been very, widespread that we need to think about diversity in a more intersectional way so completely agree yeah indeed the other day we've been actually discussing about books and you know thought leaders that that, that are around today and that uh, give us you know inspirational thoughts and ideas we've been discussing about the the book of um, Roxane Gay you might know Bad Feminist which uh, is a bit you know touching upon these kind of issues as well first about feminism and how you know even between us women how differently we interpret it how differently we feel about it and i think it's very important uh, because we're talking networks now it's very important that in our networks we are we have a safe space to to express that as well 
So we have, you know, a very inclusive way of thinking about this because it's, you know, our day-to-day -day life and, and that of our families. Um, so we are approaching the end, ladies, and I think it would be very nice to maybe end this discussion on a more inspirational note. Um, so I just wanted to throw this question in and ask you maybe what are your all-time favorite feminist quotes? Um, maybe Susanna, can I start with you? Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I, I knew that this question was going to be asked and it was almost impossible. Um, uh, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to... Um, uh, choose one. <laughs> to, to choose one or any, and then I just kind of got lost in quotes and but I had a really good time doing it, so thank you. <laughs> thank you for the question. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was it was such a great um, excuse to um, uh, to go back to all my um, uh, all time famous uh, all all time uh, uh, feminist texts, all time favorite. I mean, uh, feminist texts. Um, but I, I'm going to have to pass. Um, it's just too difficult, and 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 then if I say one or two, then I, I'll come back and regret it, and so I should have said something else. Um, so I, I'll, 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 I think I'll pass this question to Nina. <laughs> we will put a list of um, a quotes under our podcast to all <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Nina, go ahead, have a go at it. Um, I, I also found it very tricky, um, but actually yesterday I came across one of the quotes by Gloria Steinem that says. Um, I think truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off and apologize for the language. Um, but um, that is a feeling that I've had over the last year, last yeah year actually, when um, because of the different work that we do and you how frustrated you get when you realize how patriarchal and how bad the society is and how it's just not made for for me or for for other women and, and um, still knowing that I'm in a very privileged position. Um, but yeah, I think that, is, that captures some of the feelings um, I've had over the last year. Obviously, it's only one of the quotes, but I thought uh, just to give you one. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, it, it, it resonates with me, so I'm actually going to look it up to see where she said it. Thanks for sharing. So, uh, uh, what about yours? Oh, God. <laughs> I really like the, um, uh, no, I am not free way, um, no woman. Oh, let me see if I can remember it. I, I am not free unless uh, all women are free, even if they're, they're chain, the, the shackles of their chains are very different to my own, uh, by Audre Lorde. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very good quote yeah. and a very true one. I could, I could add my own quote, yes. like Susanna, Susanna said. <laughs> although, although I think it must, be, it must be a little bit derivative. There must be someone who said this much more eloquently than I did. But it, made, you know, it got me thinking when we were talking about how we need um, male allies and, and how to include them in, in the conversation. And I, I always have, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a sort of radical reaction to that. And, and uh, I would say um, that if what we're doing makes men comfortable and happy, then we're doing something wrong. And I think that our focus should be on making them as uncomfortable as possible uh, because we're talking about men giving up power in, because at the end of the day, uh, we need to have a, a more balanced share of power between women and men and many, many, I, and, and many of the other groups that, that come under those two categories. 
uh, so, um, and, and in order for us to gain power, uh, we need, to, you know, has to give some of it up. And, and so I think that we should make men as uncomfortable as possible in, in the work that we're doing. Um, and I think through that, through being uh, this, this, this discomfort, they can grow and learn and, and become true allies to our movement. I like it. <laughs> I like that it. Was a, that was a long one, but, you know, we can, we can. Uh, yeah, cool. So Scarlett, do you have a quote you would like to share or am I putting you on the spot? Oh, you can put me on the spot. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. It's hard to choose. Um, and just to pick up on what Susanna said, um, and again, what I said with different kinds of feminism. So I'm not sure I, for myself, when I speak about these things, I like to use making people uncomfortable or, you know, take it, take the issue from this perspective while I do understand what you mean. Um, but um, just related to this, and I don't have a necessarily a quote, but I, I like the message basically of, um, of um, the, the, the book of Marissa Orr, for example, the Lean Out book, which is, um, you know, that idea in there on how we look at uh, women taking uh, their, you know, well-deserved role in society and leadership positions, especially, and, you know, just making their choices. Um, and I very much like that idea of, you know, giving women the possibility of being the type of leaders and taking the type of roles that they want to take and not trying to imitate men and to, to you know, be the type of leaders that we perceive to be the right type of leaders in today's world. Because honestly, if we look at world politics, um, it's not really going in the right direction to be that kind of leader. So I think it's really time for a feminine leadership where it's necessary, when it's necessary, based on our choices. Um, and we should not push people to do things just because equality not, should not be achieved through pushing people in uncomfortable, like women, especially in uncomfortable positions that they don't want to take. Um, and they take just to, just to basically um, achieve a higher goal, which should be achieved regardless. So we should be given the choice to be the type of leaders that we want to be today. So maybe that's kind of my thought, but it's a different angle. I, I am aware of that. Yeah, speaking of women leadership, do you have any women that you look up to, like in terms of, uh, as you mentioned, like political leaders? I really love um, Jacinta Ahern and uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Mm -hmm. To me, they're like icons. I think uh, AOC would, would stick with me for, I, I know it's maybe too uh, repetitive, but uh, that's what I was thinking about right away. <laughs> cool. Uh, what about what about you, Susanna and Nina? Anybody? Any? You uh, ask, you're asking all the hard questions now. <laughs> um, at the end, know. we left them at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've I've just also reread a book by Angela Davis, and I think obviously she's also mm. she's a great inspiration, and also realizing how how much um, resistance and how much hate and how much violence she. Um, she uh, had to endure in her life and it still is this fighter i think that's just an inspiration but yeah there are also uh, many more that i could name <laughs> susanna what about you oh i think this is worse than the quote <laughs> um, <laughs> um i mean okay it's not that you know when I was when I was looking for uh, when I was looking at um, different feminist quotes, trying to remind myself and opening up my books, you know, uh, and I think it, it, I think it's also a reflection uh, of uh, of our times as as um, 
as Emma was saying, you know, with the Black uh, Lives Matter uh, movement, and 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 uh, and so you know, different 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 women resonate with us at different times, you know, because of what because of what is happening in our lives or in the world at the time. And, and I mm -hmm. think for me, uh, um, uh, um, a, a book that I want to go back to now is is Bell, is a book by Bell Hooks who is a feminist theorist and uh, it's called feminist theory from margin to center um and uh, um and so so i would say that at this moment at this very moment because it changes every day as you as you can imagine um and um, we're really spoiled for choice because there's such incredible um, feminist uh, icons uh in the world uh, and um and so I, that would be my choice for now for today that's an excellent choice. Uh, well, thank you for going through this painful experience of trying to think for quotes and my random questions at the end, the unexpected ones. So, uh, and also thank you both for joining us, Nina and Susanna. It's been absolutely great to hear about your work and what you're doing with your databases and your networks. Where can our listeners follow you on social media, Susanna and Nina? On social media, um, uh, it's on Facebook. It's it's um, MIGS Cyprus, so that's M-I-G-S uh, Cyprus, and um, on Twitter it's MIGS C-Y. Great, thank you. Nina? Um, and at Twitter you find, uh, find us at, at FeministFE, and on Instagram you, found us, uh, you find us at Feminist Foreign Policy, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram with, my same, with just my name. Um, so yeah, and, and thank you for having us. It was uh, it was a great joy talking to you. No problem. Thank you for sharing. Uh, also, thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We'll be back soon with more updates from the Brussels Binder and BB Beyond. If you haven't done so already, go check out our new interactive map on our website at www.brusselsbinder.org. And in the meantime, say no to manos and promote a woman's voice today. <laughs>